All right, welcome to the Just for Filmmakers podcast. My name is Justice Brooks. I'm here with my bro, Zach Elvis, the founder of Ascend Studios. Zach, you're a director, filmmaker, photographer, business owner. Um, yeah, thanks so much for sitting down with me, bro. I'm really looking forward to what we're going to chat about. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm familiar with your work. I've been following you for a while. Um, for the people who don't know you, are you able to kind of just give a bit of background about yourself, you know, where you're from, um, how you learned your craft and kind of what you do for work now? Cool. Well, I'm from originally from the Philippines. So I was born and raised there. I went to uni, call it college, and I did multimedia arts. So it's, it was like I was doing photography, video, graphic design, web design, all those kind of stuff, even game, game design, I think. So at first I thought I was going to do animation because I was always fascinated with Pixar, Disney. Once I started holding a camera, it was like a, a life-changing experience for me. So I was a photographer first, and then I transitioned into videography or filmmaking later in my career. I guess that's the foundation of my creative career. And then, yeah, after I finished uh, college, when I graduated, we uh, started a small production team with my uni mates, college mates. And we've done a few music videos, um, some doc work, promo. And then we did that for about over a year. And then I moved to Australia. So I've been living in Sydney now for just over six years. And yeah, I sort of brought with me the, that creative um, aspect of my life, which is photography and filmmaking. At the moment, I'm working under my own business called Ascent Studios. We kind of started doing a bit of weddings and then slowly moved into corporate work, promo, doc work, and mostly um, social media content. I know this, this question pops up quite a bit. And, you know, a lot of people whether they're from, you know, Europe, from North America, Asia, anywhere, a lot of people who are in smaller towns want to move to a bigger city to, you know, because there's more opportunity there creatively. And I think, you know, a big question that a lot of people have is when you get there, what do you do, right? You know, you know nobody. And I think, you know, a lot of people I know, especially in LA, they go to film school, not just for the learning but also to network there so for you coming from manila to sydney how did you go about kind of you know setting up um so when i came here i've i know nobody than my aunt my uncle my cousins that's it i've got no connections in the creative industry my first proper camera was a, a canon uh 5d mark iii with a 2470 and yeah so first clients my cousin's friends, she was going to get, yeah, she was going to get married. And I offered to do free photography for her because I need to build up my portfolio. I, I'm a very shy kid. I'm introvert. But then when you're exposed in a place where you don't know anyone and you need to do things in order for you to survive, that shyness, being introvert, has to break. And for me, that what happened. Yeah, I've done some odd jobs as well. So I've done some kitchen handwork, which is so, so far different from photography and filmmaking. And that was, um, I enjoyed working with the people around me in the kitchen, but then doing the actual work, 
you know, I never imagined myself working three to five months just watch, washing dishes. So that was, that was a very interesting and learning experience for me. And then while I was working in the kitchen, I, when I get home, I would jump on my laptop and look for a photography hiring job. And then I found Wet and Wild Sydney, which is now called Raging Waters. They're looking for photographers, walk around the park. I'm like, that sounds like pretty fun, like Aussie job, you know, out in a water park with a camera taking photos of people while they're having fun. While I was doing this like part-time work, my pure intention is to grow my own business. I think, yeah, dude, honest, it's kind of crazy. We're, we're very similar. Like, you know, I, I moved from Canada to London. I was, I wouldn't say I was quiet, but I was definitely a bit more reserved. But as soon as you get there and you're like, you need to do something that like kind of survival instinct kind of kicks in. Um, and I think, you know, and even for, you know, I've, I think a lot of people are a bit, it's a very touchy subject if they have to have like odd jobs or whatever, but you know, for you and like, I did the same thing, you know, you have to do that in order to get to a spot where you can do your, your thing full time. Because I find a lot of people will do, you know, they'll do, um, say they'll only do paid work. Right. And then with that, they have to take whatever they can get, you know, like, and for you, especially you're like, Oh, you know, I want to grow my own business. If you had just done, say you had just done, only photography work. Yeah, it would have like helped a little bit. And I'm not saying there's anything bad with that, but then you wouldn't really have had time to plan your own business, you know? And I think the way you're saying, you know, you kind of had to like grow into that space. I think for you, especially now having your own business, you know, that's something that you, you have to have, you know? So yeah, I guess if let's talk a little bit now about like Ascent Studios, because like I've been following you guys for probably almost a year now. And, you know, you, you I guess kind of just chat me through the process of, you know, you go from yourself, like just you while you're doing everything, you know, you're doing your editing, your shooting, you're like finding clients, you're dealing with the clients to now you have, um, you know, you have like a team that you manage. If you want to kind of just walk, walk me through how, kind of what the progression looked like. And then I guess how it's different now, like looking back, like if there's anything you would have wanted to change or tell yourself. Like, you know, when you're first starting out? Going back when I moved to Australia, I was doing everything by myself. I was doing the video, the audio, the lights. So um, I was basically a one-man team. And it was it was a tough um, experience doing everything by yourself. If you look in the movies, they always have um, someone focus only on the audio, on the editing, directing the DP. So they have one job to do, which would a big production would require. But if you're just starting to um, have your own production business, it's um, you kind of need to do everything by yourself. It's part of the learning process. And then fast forward to four years um, after I moved to Sydney, um, I launched Ascend. I want to build like a proper studio, like a company where I can invite anyone I want to help me grow the business. So fast forward now, Ascend Studios, we have, um, I think at least nine, eight people in the group. So I'm the DP director. I still do almost everything if I can, if we're not too busy. But if we're busy, I've got um, an assistant, uh, second DP, 
I've got um, a drone pilot now, photographers with their own specialization, graphic designers. We are blessed to be, curr- to be currently working with Australia's um, most respected and prestigious companies like IBM Sydney, Macquarie Uni, Mazars Sydney. It's a mid-tier um, accounting firm. Uh, JS Health, which is one of our favorite clients. I think they now have the biggest vitamins brand in, in Australia. Let's talk about like those those big brands. I know for some people who are just starting out, that can seem pretty daunting. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. how how did you guys get to a point where you can be working for for um, like IBM and Macquarie Uni and uh, New South Wales Health? Like because you know I think it's easy. You know, you start off kind of doing your own thing, but then when you look at people who are further down the line, you know, like someone who may be listening to this is, you know, watching YouTube tutorials and he's like, oh, I want to do stuff like that. But I don't even see how I could get to a point where I could even like land a big client like that, let alone, you know, do it. Um, Because we have the idea, the foundation, the skills to know what to do. We just didn't have that time, the, the manpower their required equipment. So we slowly work our way up to get to that point. So asking friends if we can borrow their cameras, their gear, the the lights, so we can pull this job off and just, you know, pay them like a rental fee for those equipment. So those are some of the things that we did. And working from small clients, like, uh, you know, either weddings or small photography or video gigs to suddenly a big clients like IBM or Macquarie Uni. It's basically the same. It's just different client. You'll get intimidated because they're bigger brands, but the deliverables is going to be the same. It's just maybe a different format, a better production quality. But same, you're going to have that pre-production where you meet the client's it's very important that you listen, you know exactly what they require, you produce, you deliver, and that's it. Yeah, so for somebody who's just starting out and they want to start reaching out to people to hire them, like they're, maybe they're not at a point where they're getting calls. What was your process when you were first starting out? Like when you approached somebody, did you have a business card? Did you have a portfolio? Um, and I guess when you were first starting out, like say when you only had two or three th- two or three projects under your belt, how did you go about? So first, make sure you're, you're everywhere. What I mean by that is you got, you're, you're on every social media channel. So you got your YouTube channel, you got your Instagram, your Facebook, uh, LinkedIn for more corporate and professional clients. Um, you have your business cards and website, which I think, still very important because that platforms is you know for more corporate type of work they would email you they're not going to message you on instagram or facebook although most of our clients nowadays we get a lot of uh, leads from instagram and facebook but website is still very important you need to put yourself out there once you have your mindset is into entrepreneurial or freelance mode compared to an employee mode because where you're an employee as a photographer or filmmaker, you do your job, you know, you're getting paid every fortnight or every 30 days. But if you're doing your own business, you'll be in a hunting mode. So everyone you see, your friends, 
even your family members, strangers, you'll see them as a target. In my head, I was always thinking, what does this person do? Do they own a business? Do they sell fitness gear online or anything? Do they sell beauty products? How can I help them with my photography and filmmaking skills? So for me, that was my turning point when I switched my brain from employee to freelancer or studio owner. Everyone I made, like, hey, what do you do? If they're not um, a business owner, maybe they work in a higher level or in a marketing industry for this company. I always give them my card just in case in the future you guys look for new corporate headshots or promo videos. Please give me a call and I'll be able to help you. So yeah, just always be prepared for any opportunity and always have those ammo, the guns, to show them that you can get the job done. That's awesome, dude. Let's chat a little bit about the future. Where do you guys, because I know you're saying you're doing corporate, you're doing music videos, you're doing weddings, you're doing like a lot of social work, social media work, I guess I should say. What is, I guess in like five years, where do you, where would, would you want your studio to be at? Um, like personally, my, my personal goal is to be more on the managing, directing side. So at the moment, I'm in the season of teaching my other team members the skills that I've got, sort of refining their skills in filmmaking and photography and branding and marketing so I can work more on the business so we can scale up. So that's another thing. A lot of people get stuck in working in their business, doing all the the hands-on work. So if you do that, if that's your passion, that's cool. But if you want to grow your business, you want to scale up, you need to work on your business as well. So you need to focus on things that only you can do, which is you know selling, pitching to clients. It's always much easier to find someone who's great at cameras in editing, but someone who can talk to clients the level that you can, you know, even you hire the best salesperson, a marketing person, they wouldn't know exactly what you know about your business and how you can pitch that to other clients. So five years from now, personally, I want to keep the business growing. But in my heart, I always wanted to direct a full-length film. So that's still something I'm slowly working on. Could be an indie film, could be could be whatever, but I want it to be um, like an inspirational, very creative movie. So, yeah, that's uh, what's on um, on the pipeline. That's awesome, bro. That is really good. So I think I think now what we'll do is we're gonna swap over to the um, the three questions. So I'm gonna be asking everybody that we talked to on the podcast these, and we just want to hear different perspectives and different thoughts because there's not really a right answer, but a lot of people will have different thoughts and have different perspectives on these. So the first one is, do you think film school is worth it or is it better to teach yourself? And if you want to kind of just talk about how that, how you, because I know you have studied, what you think you got out of it. And if you think there are different avenues that people could go through. Well, I went to, it's not a film school. It's a multimedia college, but I have, I guess, yeah, we'll call it film school. If you can, if you can afford, if you have the time, do it. I guess the the pros with in doing film school for me is the connection. Less about what I learned in terms of um, the technical side. 
It's a connection working with your other classmates, with their instructors. Because if you do really good in your in the film school, people would know. And not everyone, your classmates, will end up being a filmmaker. They will do some some of them, but they're just there because they think it's cool, but then they realize they're not good at it or it's not for them. And they're gonna go on their different path. And with your instructors, most of them are practitioners, so they work in the industry. So film school, if you can, if you can afford, if you have the time, do it. But if you just want to learn how to use cameras, everything is free. Like Elon Musk said, you can f- learn anything, everything for free. You just need to know where to find them. And it's just happened that you can find everything on YouTube, <laughs> like how to cook eggs, how to work with aperture and you know 180 degree rule and the shutter speed, everything, you can learn it. And in my experience, the technical side, I learned more watching online and asking friends, watching YouTubers, how they do it, than what I learned from film school. So film school, look at it as connections to grow your circle of uh, your friends as well and friends in the same industry. And then not going to film school, you, you learn a lot there from through experience. Yeah, so I think that's really good, bro. Um, the second one, and I think this is a big one too, is... And I think I'm really interested to hear your answer because you're mentioning bigger clients and you need higher production value. Do you would you rather buy your own gear or do you prefer to rent? Owning versus um, renting, I would always go for owning because if you buy something, a new equipment, if you don't end up using it as much, you can always sell it, and there's always someone who would need that equipment more than you do. Um, but there are things that. It's very hard to purchase, say, for a big project, you need an RE camera. And if you would buy them, it's like $100,000, $150,000, and the job is like $30,000. There's no way that's going to be worth buying for doing like smaller work unless the client really requests for that and they're happy to pay for the cost, then go do it. But if it's something that you think you're going to use almost every day or going to bring more value to your business, I would just say invest on it. It's like renting versus buying a house. If you can buy a house, why rent? Um, Just, you know, put your money into something that you can own and you can resell in the future if you need to. I think, too, from a learning perspective, it's, you know, if you're renting something, you have to, you have a set amount of time and you pretty much have Mm -hmm. to use it. Whereas if you own it, you know, you can go out and just experiment on your own and it doesn't cost you anything and you can find things that work and things that don't work you know yeah speak uh yeah talking just recently i, I experienced this i need a a camera uh, sorry a lens it's a canon efs 17 to 55 2.8 is most of my lenses the l series they don't have the image stabilization and for this handheld work that we will be doing we kind of need that IS to help with the camera movements. So a day rate for renting, I think it was like $250 and we need it for like three days. So that's like what, $750. But if you buy a brand new one, it's like a thousand. So you choose, would you rather spend a thousand to own the equipment or pay $750 for three days of use? So you just need to weigh which one you would benefit more. 
Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, so this is the last question. And I think a lot of people get this pretty much every time they're starting out, um, working for free. So, you know, I think for me personally, my my kind of rule is if they're doing me a favor by having me on set, then they don't need to pay me. But if, I, if I'm if i doing a favor to them by going, then they need to, right? Because mm-hmm. I've had people who be like, oh, dude, I'd love to come and learn and stuff. And not in a negative way, but I don't really need them on the shoot. But, you know, if they want, if it's going to benefit them and I'm doing them a favor, yeah, come on out. And I think then it's all right not to pay them. But if I'm like, hey, dude, I'm on a project, I have a budget, I need someone to do audio or or a drone or whatever, yeah. and they're doing me the favor, then I need to be paying them. Funny story, most of our biggest clients right now, the first job was free because they're looking for a, a supplier or contractor that they can work in the long term and in a lifetime. And one of our clients, the, the vitamins company, Jazz Health, the first project we did for them, I told them, look, we'll do the videos for you for free. And if you like them, you can buy them. If you don't like them, no problem. We'll walk away. You guys find someone else that is going to fit with your brand. So it's not really free per se, but that idea of like a risk-free concept, you know, if you don't like it, you know, free, like a refund or something. So for us with Ascend, we would work with someone like a business or individual, we look at a few things. If we like their brand, if we like their vision, if having their name on a website, on a client list will add value, we would work with them. And we do a lot of free work for charities. If you think there's going to be like a future relationship, do it for free. But if it's you know someone that you think they're a pure profit-based company, they do their work because just for the money, you got to charge them. And I know there's a lot of creatives, starting photographers and filmmakers that are very scared to you know tell to charge clients the actual fee because they're thinking, oh, I'm just only starting out. But they have the skills. They're good. They're just have that idea of, oh, I'm only a year or two in the business. I shouldn't be charging it this much. You need to kind of, you know, break that mindset because that's going to hold you back. And your clients, your customers, the people around you, they need to understand the value of your work. If this is something that you want to do, you know, for a lifetime, you got to build your family, you got to buy a house, a car, send your kids to school. You need to have a business that will be able to pay the bills, you know? And I struggled with that a long time. I was charging very minimal fee. But then after watching some um, entrepreneurial videos on YouTube and Facebook, I realized how much value I bring to my clients and I should be charging them my actual worth. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I think... Just talking on that subject of um, free work, you know, it's good as long as it's, I think, you know, as long as you're you're benefiting either like you're networking or you're, 
you're establishing a relationship where you're going to be getting pay work. I think it is definitely something that is worth doing. And I think if you're saying I'm only going to do pay work at the beginning, especially, you're not really going to get that far mm-hmm. just because if you don't have something to back it up, it's, it's kind of hard for somebody to be willing to give you like a good chunk of money if you don't have anything to kind of back it up. So I think, I think that is definitely a good way to look at it. In terms of charging then, once once you found a client, what is what's your guys' process in terms of how much you're gonna charge them? Okay, cool. So what to charge your clients? So I learned this uh, strategy from Chris Doe from the future. Um, he said you should charge your clients depending on the value of the work. So just to elaborate a bit more with that, you should charge them depending on the the problem that they're trying to solve. Okay, so um, I know a lot of people have their hourly rates, they, they, their daily rates, and we don't really charge hourly rate. Um, although we have our hourly rates in-house, we know how much um, we would charge for, say, five hours of editing or a day of filming, but we don't really say that to the client. First, what we do is we get on a call with them, we're meeting with them, understand the problem, the you know the issue that they're trying to solve, either it's brand awareness to get extra hundred grand every month, the um, revenue with the help of these promotional videos, whatever that is, you need to understand the level of um, service you need to provide with them. So to give them an example, because um, a lot of clients will ask you, well, how much do you rate per, how much do you charge per hour, or how much do you charge per day? If you answer them straight away, you're putting yourself in a bad position, because they're not really paying for your time; they're paying for your ability to help them solve their problem. For example, a let's use a plumber. So your plumbing broke overnight, and you call a plumber. You don't ask them how much they charge per, per hour. You charge them, you know, how much would you charge to fix my plumbing? And if, you know, they, and you just pay them because your sink is leaking. So it's the same thing with uh, filmmaking. Um, you get paid by the amount of uh, problem you solve. For example, a client has got a big problem. They need to bring in 100,000 revenue per month. So if your base rate of, say, $1,000 for a promo video to get $100,000 worth of revenue a month, they don't match. Whereas if there's a client and they have a, a problem of they're trying to bring in $10,000 a month of revenue and you charge 1000 per promo video, then that sort of makes sense because they're paying like 10% of what they're going to get in the, in the future. So this is a very like a, a complex uh, topic to talk about. Um, there's a lot of filmmakers and creatives charged the same way. But to give um, our listeners um, an idea for a promo video that we do for Ascend, for like a 30-second edit for two hours of filming and say a day of editing, we charge around one thousand six hundred to two thousand dollars. That's Australian dollars. Um, just convert that wherever you're listening from. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It's been a great chat. Some really, really good insight. 
Yeah, this is the first episode of the Just for Filmmakers podcast. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, all the above on whatever platform you're listening to. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time.